Hello, folks. You're listening to episode 22 of your favorite sports betting podcast, A Mugs Game. And here is your host, Smeg. That's right, everybody. What an amazing time for sport it is. Um, with the European Championships. It's been a great European Championship so far, but the last 16 is starting today. By the time this podcast gets out, Wales and Denmark will be over and done with. Obviously, Ronnie was here last week um, doing the uh, preview for the European Championships and um, all his three main bets are still in play. France, of course, is the outright of 5-1. to one. Uh, Italy, who've been looking very good indeed at 11-1, to one, is, was his other outright bet. And then, of course, Denmark to get to the semi-finals. Uh, that, they're all still live. Um, obviously, the Denmark chances chances have re- received a blow with with Ericsson, um with that obviously freak occurrence happening to Ericsson. Um, very unfortunate, and thankfully he's all right. But but uh, look, they're still live, and hopefully they can you know they still have every chance. Um, and yeah, and of course the GA Championships, we have received um some requests regarding the GA Championships, whether we do a betting podcast on GA Championships. Now, for those of you don't who don't know GAA. Um, it's Gaelic sports. It's Irish sports, Gaelic football and hurling. And um, if you, you know, for all our listeners that who aren't from Ireland, uh, who don't know much about it, make sure you get a streaming service and check them out because they're really, two really brilliant, skillful sports. They're amateur sports. When you watch them, you'd be amazed. You'd just be amazed at the fact that they are amateur sports. Um, because the, the athleticism and skill level is so high. But um, but yeah. But what I will say about that is that I I do plan to bring on a surprise guest in the next couple of weeks just to talk GAA in general. It won't be a betting podcast. It'll be more of an opinion piece po- podcast. But hopefully we'll have some uh some interesting material that you can uh, sink your teeth into. I suppose. Um, I don't know if that is the appropriate phrase, but whatever. Uh, so. Yeah, look, um, I'll keep that a secret for now, but yeah, that's something to, to look forward to in the future. Um, but right now we're focusing on the tennis in the uh, in the men's tennis. We're just going to horse straight into it uh, in the men's and women's men's draws. But we start with the men's. Um, obviously, other uh, very, very good YouTube channels meticulously break down the draw match by match. But we're just I'm just going to be focusing on bet on just where I can find the bets in in this uh, in this draw so that's what's the, the what the focus would be right in the first draw obviously we have Novak Djokovic's draw now he landed in a very very easy draw indeed um look his he's got uh, Jack Draper who's a very talented young uh, Brit um who I was I'm, I'll have to check out I haven't even looked at the the price on the handicap but I think there might be reason to back that young Jack Draper if if, if there is a big number on the handicap in that match um, and then possibly Kevin Anderson who's really not the same player he was when he reached the final a few years back and maybe uh, Davidovic Fakina who's a more of a clay quarter but I think will ultimately turn into a player who can play on all sur- surfaces he's a very talented player but possibly Dennis Kudla will be the one that will, will, will be there in the third round and then I think Christian Garen might be the most likely uh, opponent or the hardest opponent because Christian Garen can actually play or I, I, I suspect that he'll be able to play on grass because he does hit the ball. Uh, he hits his backhand quite flat. He, you know, I, I, I don't see... He's got this reputation of being a, a clear quarter, but I actually think that he has a good game. He could have a good game for, 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 for grass. There's one to watch out for now, but um, he's another man that seems to land in a lot of easy, draw, a lot of easy draws just like he did at the French Open. But um, And then finally, his, his, his toughest case scenario for Norfolk is, is Ruben from the quarterfinals. Now... He's one to four to get to the quarterfinals. Now, the last time we saw um, Djokovic uh, uh, win the French Open, um, he had a letdown for a couple of years. Obviously, he had injury problems in that time as well. But 
but uh, even Boris Becker said at the time um, he lost early in the Wimbledon uh, uh, that year and even Boris Becker said at the time that just Novak was spent and I think that the French Open was a bit of a career effort for Novak um, really just to beat Nadal and uh, and then to come back from two sets down against um, Tsitsipas you know who was redlining and really really impressive in that final um, look it's it's his 8th 11th to win the tournament obviously of course he is the deserved favourite he's got a wonderful draw but but it's it's it, I won't I won't be touching the eight to eleven because I, look he's human like he's he's like he's human and that that was such the French Open had to have taken a lot out of him but if there's any way for him to kind of get through the first few rounds in third gear well this is a draw to do it and this is why this is my bet this is going to be my bet for this quarter one it's not Novak he's only one to four to win that quarter I don't like that price at all. But what he is, is he, uh, I'm going to pick this one. I prefer this bet. It's at 12 to 5. And it is for Novak to meet, with Betri 6-5, for Novak to meet uh, Rublev in the quarterfinal. Okay. And that is 12 to 5. Look at Novak's draw. Jack Draper, uh, an old Kevin Anderson that is way past his best. Probably Dennis Kudla who would never have the bottle to beat Djokovic anyway. And then maybe Christian Garen, worst case scenario in my, in my book, like that is, that should be, he should be able to beat those guys in second or third gear, really. So um, then if you look at Rublev's draw, which obviously is the, the tougher part of this bet, you've got Del Bonis, who's a clay quarter true and true. I hasn't played on the grass since the French Open. He had a great run in the French Open, in fairness to him. He's kind of surprised me. Lloyd Harris is obviously uh, quite a tricky uh, second round match, a big, big server, but I would say that the Rublev would have a big backhand to backhand edge on Lloyd Harris there. Fabio Fognini, obviously always tricky uh, and, you know, like he can play well on the grass, you know, because he, he kind of moves so well and he's able to take the ball early and uh, change direction. So he's always a bit tricky, but once again, very weak serve, very weak server and you need a bit of a big serve on grass. And uh, also tends not to have the stamina to go deep in slams. Uh, but he's the worst case scenario in third round. Then it's Sinner, uh, Jack Sinner uh, or Diego Schwartzman, worst case scenario in the fourth round. Both very much clay quarters. I've, I have uh, a lot of doubts about Sinner's ability to return a serve on the grass. He usually likes to stand back quite a bit um, and he likes to take big cuts at the ball. Uh, I also don't think he, he, his movement will be great on the grass. He doesn't have that much experience on it. And then Diego Schwartzman. Can play pretty good in grass. Took him a few years, but he obviously pushed. Um, he he pushed Berrettini to five sets. Um, a few in two thousand nineteen in the third round, uh, and uh, he's 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 quite dangerous. But the thing about him is he's his serve. He, he really lacks the. You need to have a big serve to to uh, on grass to to go far in these tournaments, and he does lack that big serve. So that's the worst case scenario for Rublev. Now Rublev obviously had a disappointing loss uh, in the French Open to Jan Leonard Struff, um, who kept net rushing, and Rublev was, was quite uncomfortable with that. But none of these players, maybe Harris, but Harris won't be able to do it as well as Struff, are that type of player. Like the, the rest of the players are players that will give him rhythm. Rublev is uh, is uh, basically has a serve advantage. He has he looks like he's a good game for grass. He got to the final at Halle, lost to Humber who was on fire so he's already bounced back from the French Open tournament uh, first round loss and come back strong on the grass and I just think this is a great this is a good strong draw and at a price of 12 to 5 how is Novak not going to get to that quarter final it's just very very hard to see he like there's a, like it's possible that there's going to be a letdown at some stage but, but as I say I think he'll, he, he can get there in third gear 
And I just think these are good matchups for Rublev. You know, he's the one that has shown the the quality on grass. And, and uh, before the French Open disappointment, he had he had been to a few quarterfinals. He had been pretty reliable to get to the quarterfinals. So I think he's going to bounce back. And at twelve to five, I think one point five points is a good. Um, is it is it is a good stake to put on that particular bet? Going on to quarter two now. Quarter two is Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, and uh, we got Shapovalov in there. RBA, Deminar. Uh, you have who else have you got? You've got Evans, obviously Andy Murray, Kachinov, Korda, uh, Tiafo, and so look, it's. Sissi passes around seven to four to win the quarter, but he has a very difficult first round. One that I'm, 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 I haven't decided yet. But, but Tiafo is about I think four or five to one to beat Sissi Pass in that first round, and Tiafo can play some good, uh, good stuff on the grass. Um. So look, it's it's one of those things as he's proven the last. He's had some very good wins in the last few, uh, uh few weeks on it. Um. So it's a it's very difficult first round for him. Now, Tsitsipas, like, he, nobody had a more grueling uh, clay court spell season than him. He hasn't played in the grass since, and he hasn't had brilliant results on the grass. Obviously, remember him losing to Fabiano f- a few years back in, uh, I think it was five sets. And, uh, of course, now he's a very different player now. But you still have to kind of worry about his returning, especially on his backhand side on such fast on, on a fast surface like grass. Uh, and also there's a, there's a there's a bit of an unknown known factor with Tsitsipas at the moment like so um Shapovalov uh, Orba obviously was a semi-finalist um in uh 2019 had a brilliant run he was playing the best tennis of his life that year uh he loves the grass he kind of likes to you know he likes to low bounce he likes to take the ball early and uh, and he moves well on the grass but I still feel like there's little signs of decline from RBA uh, recently. Obviously, I saw him against Sam Curry there this week. Um, obviously, Sam Curry served him off the court and, and so on. So maybe it's not, I wouldn't read that much into it. But but he has had some bad losses in, in slams in the past uh, the past few years. And I'm not sure he's quite the same player. Um, you've got, oh, sorry, Di Minar as well is, is obviously um, in great form. He's just... Uh, in, he's actually in the fight playing playing Sonogo in the final right now. Um, if I can just find it. Um, uh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, yeah, he's so he's 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 had a he's had a good run in the grass grass um, and he lo- does love the, the grass surface. But but um, the bet that I put I found it very hard to pick out a bet. So I'm going to go through because there's a lot of those guys. Chapo's eight to one. Orbea's ten to one. Deminar ten to one. And uh, you know there's a lot of those guys really where. Um, you could make a case for a lot of them, but uh, ultimately the one that I came up with was uh, Sebastian Cordo at thirty three to one to win uh, his quarter, um, and to win quarter two. Now, obviously, he's very young, he's inexperienced, but having said that, on his first Grand Slam, he got to the fourth round in the French Open, had a disappointing loss after winning the tournament, the, the lead up clay court tournament in Parma. He lost to Martinez in the first round there. Um, and I just maybe had a bit of a letdown, but I don't think he's had a week off to prepare for this. Um, and if you just look at Corda, uh, if I just go through, I have my few notes here. I might be, we might, we might hear a few um, little flickers of pages and stuff like that. But um, if I just, if I just look through Corda's draw, um, he's got a very tough first round match. He's got uh, Demonar. Now he's a seven to four to beat Demonar in the first round. Demonar obviously loves playing the grass. Um, 
and that is a tough, tough first round. But um, then possibly, if he managed to get through Dimonar, he'd have Huang, the French guy, or maybe um, Zhang, both qualifiers, neither are world beaters, both players you'd expect him to beat. Dan Evans, who often has crumbled under the pressure at Wimbledon. Remember him losing a few years back to Zhao Sous in five sets. It would be the worst case scenario there. Uh, could be Feliciana Lopez. Um, I don't think Corda would have that much problems with Feliciana Lopez. He can be tricky, but he, he relies a lot on the serve. And one of Corda's greatest strengths is his return of serves. So if you watched, um, I think he got to the final in the tournament in America. I can't remember where it was where he lost to her catch earlier on in the year and said he didn't go to the Australian Open, he played that tournament and he played against Isner uh, and, you know, he was so good at returning the big serve. I think that seems to be one of his big, big strengths. He's very good, very strong hands on both wings, backhand side, good reactions. And that's, that's a really important trait to have on the grass. Uh, so, but anyway, so yeah, like Evans would be the worst case scenario. That's a winnable, winnable third round match. Now, then obviously... The very worst case scenario is Tsitsipas uh, in the fourth round. And obviously, I don't know if I could really believe that he could beat Tsitsipas in the fourth round. But you got to remember, this is 33 to 1. And it's also more than possible that he could, Tsitsipas might have a letdown. He's on upside alert against Tiafo in the first round. And um, so this is a, so like, it's possible that he wouldn't even have to play Tsitsipas. And then the worst case scenario in the quarterfinal would be Shapovalov or uh, Roberto Batista Agut. Shapovalov, first of all, even if he got that far, he could really crumble under the pressure. And my expectation was he probably would be favoured in the match against Kudla. And then RBA, look, the thing about RBA, he's already beaten RBA um, uh, this, this this year on the grass only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, so, like, an RBA, I'm not even sure if RBA is quite, quite at the same level that he was at, you know. So, um it's 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 a thirty-three to one with Unibet. I think it's a very decent price. Uh, it, like uh, for a half point, for a half point bet to go thirty-three to one, uh, on the inexperienced but very talented uh, Sebastian Corda, who does have a very uh, who does have a good game, obviously as well. The other thing about him, I think he um, at Halle, he lost in what three sets to Humbert, uh, which which actually bodes well because Humbert went on to win the title. So, um, so look, I think he's got a great game for grass and. I just couldn't really see much value in the favourites there. So that's the price that I picked out. Half point, Sebastian Corda, 33 to 1. Uh, a quarter three, uh, this is this one is kind of wide open. Now, Berrettini is the favourite at 2 to 1. And then you can get Zverev at 3 to 1. Now, I don't I don't hate the Zverev price at all. Because if it did happen that it was a Berrettini-Zverev quarter final, I, I kind of do fancy Zverev in that situation. Just a be, He's just a better returner overall. And it's kind of be, be, be a serve-dominated match you'd expect. Uh, but just because Zarev is the better returner, I, I think that he would more and has the would win the backhand, the backhand exchanges that he would be more dangerous in that matchup. But having said that, um, I'm not convinced uh, that it, it's one for the fair. You should be back in the favorites too. Now there are other dangerous players in there. Obviously, uh, Kyrgios, We don't know what sort of shape he's in. It's very hard to predict how he's going to be. I haven't seen him play tennis in Australian Open. Um, there are there is Hugo Umber who's off the back of his win, very impressive in the final, of course, against uh, Rublev, where he won in straight sets. You have Felix Auger Aliasime, um, who is uh, basically basically who is uh, uh, playing very well, but we know that he has let himself down in the big slams in in recent years. Um, 
had a really poor loss. Uh, I think it was it to Andre Seppi in the French Open. Um, I think it was also I think he lost to Umber uh, a few years back at Wimbledon the last time they played. Uh, he still can't seem to win a final. Uh, so it's this sort of thing. But he is in good form. But but he's he's only about eight to one. Now with Betfred. Hugo Umber is 16 to 1 with Betfred. Now I'm going to pick out a few um, outside chances here. Um, so uh, so first one is Hugo Umber. I'm looking at his, at, his, at his draw. He's in brilliant form. One, one Halle. And of course he plays Kyrgios in the first round who they had a, an epic battle in the Australian Open. Kyrgios, uh, he actually blew a, I think a, a lead, two sets to one lead with a, with a break I think in that match. But Kyrgios played out of his skin. Uh, and he plays Kyrgios in the first round, but look, it's just so hard to know what, what sort of shape Kyrgios is in. Really, we have nothing to go by. Umber is the form player. Of course, Kyrgios has the talent to beat him, but it's sort of have to fancy, I think, Umber there. And then a very winnable, probably second round match against Magger, who, who is um, the Italian guy, clay court guy. No experience in grass. He's the worst case scenario. Uh, and then Felix Aliasime, he's already beaten him this year. He beat him the last time they played in William, uh, Wimbledon. He seems to have an edge over Felix. And then, of course, it could be Zverev and then Berrettini. And I just don't, I, I really think he's live in those matches. You know, like he, he, he great spot server. Um, he moves very well. He hits the ball flat, takes the ball early. Like just has all the attributes that we, we talked about for grass court tennis. Uh, he, I think he's mentally strong. And I actually think that he has, he has every chance to, to, to go quite far uh, in Wimbledon this year. And at 16 to 1s with Betfred, I think he's worth half a point um, to, to get get through that quarter. Uh, to get through that quarter. Um, also, with Unibet, uh, Nishikori, now I don't have Unibet, so I won't be able to put on this bets at all. So I was just looking at the odds checker to find where the best prices are. Uh, if you look at Nishikori, now Nishikori, um, of course... Uh, has was reached the quarterfinal the last time he played played Wimbledon. Um, I'm just looking here. Uh, no, so so first of all, I'm going to do two bets there. Now Nishikori to reach the fourth round is with Betri six five, and that's five to two. And I think he just has a very winnable. Um, I think he's you know first of all he did quite well. They got to the fourth round of the French Open. They won a great classic. Of course, he came out on top in a five set battle against Karen Kachanov. Um, and he played some decent stuff, and then uh, he just has has done well, very well in in Wimbledon in recent uh, in recent years. You know, so um, who was it? He bet Curios. Uh, I think it's it's always taken a very good player to beat him at Wimbledon. So, for example, I think uh, the last time he lost was Federer in the quarterfinals. The year before was in four sets. The year before was um, Djokovic. Um, uh, in four sets and then he lost to Roberto Batista Gut which is in, 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 I think four sets as well which is no um, disgrace when you consider like you know RBA is a grass court beast uh, you know or what at least has been a grass court beast, beast over the years so it's usually a very very good player that it, that it takes to beat him and if you uh, look at his draw he's got Papiran in the first round who is a very who is a tricky um, uh, first round opponent and knowing uh, Nishikori I, I can see that match definitely um, going if you want to be back in the, the over-unders games I'd say that could well go over so I haven't looked at it yet haven't looked at that market yet but um, I still think Papiran is too much skill or uh, Nishikori is too much skill for Papiran then he would play Kasper Ruud in the second round Kasper Ruud isn't really a grass court player you know he's a clay court specialist um, I, I do think he is improving on all surfaces and uh, you know he's a, he's a tough test but once again I just think Nishikori 
has the edge there. You know, I think he's he's just uh, an excellent grass player. And then worst case scenario is Shardy or uh, Karatsev in the third round. Karatsev hasn't looked comfortable on the grass at all. He's just off the back. He's kind of went off the boil a bit. He's uh, He's just off the back of uh, a loss to Philip Kohlschreiber at the French Open, which was a very poor loss, nearly 38-year-old Philip Kohlschreiber. And Ashardi is not the player he was either. So I just think those are matches at 5-2 to two for Nishikori uh, to get through to the fourth round, to reach the fourth round, is I think it's a very, very tempting price indeed. And I'm just going to go one point on Nishikori at 5-2 to two to reach the third round, or the fourth round, uh, considering the players that he has to beat there. Now... We also have to take into account uh, he's twenty five to one to win the quarter, and when you take it, when you when you uh, factor in the fact that it's always taken a very good player. Now maybe Nishikori is not quite the player he was in two thousand nineteen when he played. Of course, he, in fact, of course, he's not the player he was in two thousand nineteen. But there have been signs that he's find you know that he's finding uh, close to his best tennis, or that he's finding good tennis, a good level of tennis. Obviously, at the French Open, we saw it. I think he's got more. He's he's obviously got more to offer at. Um, at, at at Wimbledon here so at 25 to 1 to win that very open quarter uh, uh, for a player who has his grass court cali- uh, pedigree I think that's a very decent price and if you're just looking for some very uh, crazy uh, big prices to, to maybe put a little a few cents on I, I'd say Tennis Sangren at 151 uh, at to win that quarter and also um I'd also think about the young Nakashima, who qualified very, very well, particularly beaten really big Gulbis uh, very handily in the final round of qualifying and has a big serve and looks, I saw a bit of him playing in the qualifying, he, he was moving well as well. So he's a very dangerous uh, dangerous player. So, uh, and of course, we know that Nishikori wouldn't have to play, like the worst case scenario is Verev, who obviously did beat him very well uh, in the on the clay but I think if I give Nishikori more of a chance on grass, and just at the end of the day, you're not even guaranteed you're going to be playing for there, there could be shocks. There will be. There's bound to be shocks. There usually are at Wimbledon. So at twenty five to one, I like that price. And then just you know have a few have a few pennies on uh, on Sangren at one hundred fifty one. The reason being, he's not in the has been in the best form this year. But we have to remember the last time he played Wimbledon, he got to the quarter final. I remember he beat Fognini and uh, Query to get there and. Um, and as well as that, he, he almost got to the semi-final at the Australian Open uh, two years ago uh, where he, he had match points against uh, Federer. So if he finds his game, he's one of those match match very good match players who actually um, uh, seems to be quite comfortable on the grass and and uh, look at 151, I'm going, to, I'm going to put a few pennies on him. I'm not going to stake a half, I'm not going to officially stake any half half points or quarter units on him, but but I still think it's worth, worth, worth one worth having a look at. And then Nakashima, very talented player who qualified well, young player, 151 in that quarter where there are question marks over. Um, it's not not so much. We all know what Berrettini brings. We all know what Zverev can bring. But but I still think Berrettini doesn't serve that well. He won he won at Queens Club well enough. You, you know he won in a, in in three sets against um uh, against Nari in the final, but. But look, he's he's with him. There's always going to be tie breaks, and uh, he, he's a, no, he's a tough match player. I think his match tough his match play is what what gets him as far. You know, really, he's one of the best match players uh, on tour at the moment. But at the same time, I, 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 I think he's beatable. I just think he's beatable. So I'm I'm not going to say much more about that than this. In the final draw, look, this is the one where we have Medvedev and Federer. Now, obviously, uh 
I was quite tempted by um okay, well first of all I'm gonna talk about Medvedev. I'm gonna just I'm gonna have a, a bet on Medvedev on the basis that I just think Medvedev is um I just think he's the I do think he's the real deal and I he's he's uh, recently he is playing the final uh against Quarry in Mallorca in Mallorca, sorry. And um so uh so he's so he's obviously found his feet on the grass uh this week. And he plays Struff in the first round. It's an awful, that's a, that's a very tough draw in the first round. It really is a very tough draw to have in the first round. But um, at the same time, uh, uh, I just think that he's 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 on that level now where he's just going to be beating Struff. Okay, like he 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 got to the final, I got to the semi-finals of the US Open. He got to the final of the Australian Open. He got to the quarterfinals when nobody was really expecting it at the French Open. I just think that he's become that big player that is is just regularly going to get to the, the, the business end of tournaments. And he should have a good game for grass. He's got a big serve. He returns well. Uh, he moves really well, even though he, he sort of looks like he moves quite awkwardly, Like, but but he counter-punches well too. Uh, and I don't think he would be as bothered by the kind of net-rushing style of um, of Struff than say, than, say, Rublev was at the French Open. I just think, even though, like, if anything, Struff is probably the value in the match in the match betting. I'm gonna take a chance on Medvedev to win that match, um, and a uh, and I'm gonna talk about his run to the quarterfinal. He's evens with Battery Six Five to get to the quarterfinals. Now, in the next match, he probably the worst case scenario is maybe Tommy Paul, who's not really doesn't really have much pedigree on the grass, and is someone I fully expect Medvedev to win. Then he plays Silic. Uh, who's obviously off the back of a title and uh, on, on the grass and has found a bit of bit of bit of form these days. I still don't think Silic is the player that he was, and I just believe that Medvedev would beat Silic. I, I just think that he would beat Silic. Um, I I think he's performing at a higher level than Silic, you know. And over the best of five sets, I I just think he'll have the better mental strength, and he'll he'll wear Silic down in in the in the extended rallies. Um. And then a uh, worst case scenario is uh, uh, Herkash, um, who's kind of gone off the boil. Like it was very had a very poor loss to the French Open. I know he do, he's a clay hater anyway, but he lost poorly against Van de Zanschlup, uh, um in the first round. But 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 he hasn't even performed that well on the grass. Um, I think the last time what 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 he did do well is he won a set off Djokovic at Wimbledon, like and uh, and he has you know obviously he has won um, two titles this year and a Masters. Um, in Miami, which was you know impressive, like, but he seems to have gone off the boil a little by then. But but it doesn't really matter to me. It does, all of that doesn't really matter because I just think Medvedev is too good. He's 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 um he's he's just a level above all these guys, and I think he'll be motivated. He's obviously playing in good form, and at at, at two points, he's seven to four to win the quarter, and he might be playing Roger in the quarter. Um, he might be playing Roger. Sorry, excuse me. He might be playing Roger in uh the uh quarterfinal and I just said you know what I'm not even going to take the chance uh, on him against Roger I just think the better better bet is just back him at evens to get to the quarterfinals two points on Daniel Daniel Medvedev to get to the quarterfinals now I'm also uh, I have to say quite tempted uh, by um, by Federer at four to six to reach the fourth round because ordinarily he's playing against you know look the last time we played Wimbledon got to the final he played incredible stuff now the thing about it is with Federer, um, if you look at the French Open, he got to the fourth round of the French Open. I think he bet Istomin. Can't quite remember who he bet in the second round, but he did beat Kupfer in a very tough match before he took a break. 
he won a set off um, like he had a poor loss against Felix even though he won the first set uh, FAA um, in Halle but at the same time you know you have to take into into consideration that um, uh, that uh, you have to take into consideration that um, uh, that you know Felix is a good grass court player and, and Federer just said afterwards look I, I, I felt uh, I let myself down mentally whatever but I think his game I, I fully expect him to be be ready for 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 Wimbledon and uh, and he's plays Manorino, who's someone who's who he has traditionally owned in um on all surfaces you know particularly on grass um I don't think Manorino, even though Manorino is a very good grass player it's a pity Manorino's not playing somebody else because he could have been worth he could have been one of those guys that you could have had a, a good match bet on against uh uh maybe against someone like a Philip Krajinovic or something like that you might have got him at a not maybe not pick him but close to pick him um. But but in any case, he plays Federer, uh, plays Manor in the first round, then he plays Gasquet in the second round, who he has traditionally owned on all surfaces as well. And then the worst case scenario is Cameron Nari in the who's played fantastic stuff, who has actually you know really played fantastic stuff. Um, but it's just it just feels like Federer. This is Roger Federer at Wimbledon, and is he the same? You know, there is a lot of ifs and buts. I'm so tempted by the four to six on Federer to win. Uh, to get to the fourth round because I think those are all players that that you know a Federer playing close even close to his 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 best life doesn't even have to play his best level will beat even though Norrie's in great form Federer should have too much for him but I'm going to delay that bet for now and I might I might if I I look into it study it a bit more and and, and decide you know what this is the value um I'll tip it up on the on the Twitter so everyone uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mug Podcast and um i'm if we if we decide to pull the trigger on that we will be posting it to twitter so there are the uh, the quarter bets that i have seen from that i've picked out there let's have a look at the women's side of the draw uh and we're once again we're going into the quarter bets for the women and in the first quarter you've got the likes of ash barty uh andrescu it's this is a fairly stacked quarter you've got ash barty andrescu katsapkina ostapenko contivates uh, and uh, Joe Conta, um, who is off the back of a uh, type herself, I think. Uh, did she win in Nottingham? She won in England, somewhere in England anyway. And then she took a, a week off, but I've seen her social media where, well, we'll talk about Conta later on because I do actually have a match bet that I posted on, on Twitter about Conta. Um, but look, Ash Barty, this is, this is an interesting one, okay? So I'm already just going to put uh, nail my flags to the, whatever the phrase is, to the post or whatever. Uh, uh, to the master and uh, I'm going to pick out Yelena Ostapenko at 11-1 to with Boyle Sports to win this quarter Yelena Ostapenko is back ladies and gentlemen she is back she has played incredible stuff at Eastbourne this week she's just off the back of destroying Annette Contevay in the final at Eastbourne so this is really really impressive she really was impressive uh, she destroyed Rybikina in the semi-final destroyed Kasakina in the last uh, couple of sets as well I think it was in the quarterfinal so she's playing and Pavlyuchenko the French Open semi-finalist she, she destroyed so she's destroyed so many great players and she has the consistency and lo and behold she's not hitting any double falls so she's hitting very few I don't think she hit any I'm not sure if you hit, she hit one or two today but not many but she didn't hit any at all against Rybikina this has been what's been uh, holding her back the whole of the last two or three years and I just have to go through this now we have she does have a tough draw okay she's got Fernandez who could be a very tricky player on grass but the thing about Fernandez Fernandez 
does the game suited to grass and looks like she moved well and she's a great ball striker and so on. But but I think Ostapenko would absolutely gobble up the Fernandez second serve. And then she has Kasatkina, who she lost the first set to, but then she destroyed in the second in, in in the second two sets. And I see her doing not maybe she won't destroy her, but I see her having the edge over Kasatkina in the next round. But it is a tough second round opponent. Then Bianca Andrescu, who herself was beaten very very convincingly by. Ostapenko's opponent in Eastbourne in the Eastbourne final and I can't in the in the final uh, so um, uh, Andrescu really seems to be struggling to find to find her, her A game and I don't see her just all of a sudden pulling out all the stops just yet maybe she maybe we have to wait for the US Open to see the best of Andrescu in the fourth round then we have possibly Contivate or Azarenka she, we saw her destroy Contivate Azarenka um pulled out injured in um was it oh and sorry in germany in germany and then what you call it the um bad humburg in germany excuse me um and uh but but as a rank is obviously always dangerous in grass um but i just feel like that that even with as a rank like ostapenko has the ability to take take the game out of your hands and then worst case scenario is maybe joe conta or ash barty in the uh, quarterfinals now yes all those are big names. That's not an easy draw. That is not an easy, easy draw. But Ostapenko is 11 to 1. And you just have to look at her grass court pedigree. Right? In two, last, okay, in, in uh, 2019, she did have a bad loss to um, Say. She was in very bad form. She lost in the first round to Say. And uh, obviously, Say is a very, very tricky opponent to play on the grass anyway. But anybody, she, I think she beat Halop that year as well. But. In 2018, she got to the quarter, the semi-finals. In 2017, and she got beaten by Kerber in the semi-finals. In 2017, she got to the quarter-finals. She really does love the grass. And she in 2019, she didn't come in to, into the tournament with any form. She's in absolutely fantastic form right now. She's serving great, not hitting double faults, returning unbelievable. She's just taking the game out of all her opponent's hands. And she's she's got her consistency back. She's even doing drop shots and slices. She's playing so well. For me, I've there's times I've been back in uh, Ostapenko at massive prices like 33 to 1, 66 to 1 and stuff like that just to win quarters at slams and she's never quite done it but she's back. I think she's back and I think at 11 to 1, I think that's a great price for her to win the first quarter and just a little note on Ash Barty. Barty, I just think the, she's coming in with a lot of question marks here. Um uh, she she does have a fairly easy draw apart in the first well on paper fairly easy draw uh, up until she in the third round where she would play, play Joe Conta who Joe Conta looks to be back in good form as well that's not not the easiest match but the thing about Barty is just there's, there's, there's two things about Barty really uh, first of all Barty lo- traditionally has loved the grass court season and has always played a lot of a grass court tennis before um be, be, before she goes into Wimbledon. Uh, and she hasn't done that because of the injury. She still obviously is not match fit. Well, it's it, it, it's certainly concerning. She's nine to four to win that uh, that quarter. It's certainly concern, concerning because she's not uh, the fact that she hasn't played grass court uh, tennis because it usually is her favorite surface to play on. She's always played loads of. Uh, she's always played both weeks. I think of the grass court season before. Um, before the win the main drum. And the other thing about Barty is I I still have question marks over her temperament. She's had some very bad losses. The last time she went into Wimbledon as a favourite after the French Open, and she lost in the fourth round against Alison Risk, who was in great form at the time, but it was sort of a poor loss. 
she lost to Muchkova at, at, at uh, the Australian Open and that really was a melt, meltdown. So I think under the pressure, she really does... Um, uh, she she is very very fragile. So um, and she's had other bad losses as well in in slams. So we won't go down the list list of the losses here. But but uh, I I even though she probably would would be a better matchup for Ostapenko than some of the other players I I, I listed. First of all, we don't know what her injury situation is, and there's no guarantee that she's going to get there. But secondly, the further the further she goes into a Grand Slam, the, I think the more nervous she gets. So. Ostapenko to me is the, is the, absolutely the standout pick there, even though she's a much smaller price than what you've normally got her. But she's this is a very different player that we've had, what, we, what we've seen for the last few months, even a few years, even. Like, this is the best I've seen her play in years. So, yeah, 11 to 1, one point, and Ostapenko to win quarter one. Quarter two. Let's have a look at quarter two. Uh, this one, honestly, this one is a stack. This is probably the most stacked quarter. Um, I'll. <laughs> It's it's just so hard to know. Look with Serena, I re- before this tournament I was really kind of high on Serena. I think Serena has been, um, very very. She's been she's looked really good. She's looked sharper at the Australian Open this year. She looked sharper than I'd seen her even in the years prior where she was even making uh, like she got. You just have to look at her record, right? She's been in the last two Wimbledon finals. Um, and had two very disappointing matches against Halep and Kerber. She kind of choked those finals. Let's be honest. Um, but obviously playing against opponents that were playing tennis of their lives basically as well like too it has to be said too but um, she played quite well in the French you know getting to the fourth round of the French and uh, lost to an informed Rai Bikina uh, she she needs to find her, her, her A game regarding the serving of course that's for sure um, but I was very high in Serena because first of all look at she, I still think she gets. I still think if anything, she gets undervalued because of her age. But you gotta look. She got. She got to the semi final of the um, Australian Open, and she destroyed Halep, who was playing great stuff uh, in the quarterfinals. And then she got beaten by her nemesis, I suppose, uh, her tennis nemesis at least was Naomi Osaka. And it is sad to see uh, Naomi Osaka not playing Wimbledon this year. She would have been a great addition to it. But look, she made her decision. Obviously, she's looking after her mental mental, mental health. Uh, that might be a topic we'll, we'll come back to uh, in an opinion piece at some stage, but we won't focus on it now. But um, uh, but uh, I'll say, look, semi-final Australian Open. Uh, she got to the semi-final of the US Open. Um, you know, and uh, so she, she's constantly getting through, you know, and then she's been to the last two Wimbledon finals. So in a way, I can totally understand if anybody would would want to back Serena to uh, she's she's twelve to five or five to two to, to win that quarter, or even if people want to back her to win a tournament, because there is no sign of of these kind of we're not seeing these kind of early round losses with Serena, you know, uh, in these tournaments, not even not even on clay this year, which we, we, I kind of expected on clay, um, whether or not. The grass, there could be ways in which she, she could be more vulnerable in grass regarding her movement may, may, might be more likely to be exposed on the grass than it was, say, on the clay where she had a little bit more time to line up her shot, partic- shots, particularly on her backhand side. But uh, look, as far as I can, is concerned, she's, you know, she's working hard at the Marag- uh, Patrick Moragulat, who I can never pronounce his name, Academy. Uh, I'd say she's, she's very zoned in on Wimbledon. I think she realises that this is probably her best chance to equal Margaret Court's record. Uh, so I was so high in her. I was so high in her. But then I looked at her draw 
And Sasnovic is by no means an easy first round, and I wouldn't uh, put anybody off uh, backing because Sasnovic can play on grass. She, I remember she had a, a big win against uh, Kvitova a few years back on um, in the first round, so she can be a bit of a giant killer. She's very, very streaky, very bit of a bit of a red liner, and goes very up and down the game. So I wouldn't wouldn't back anyone against um, and Sasnovic, given her a tough time. But I say overall, she should. She should get past Sasnovic. Um, but she 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 is due to play Angelique Kerber in the third round. And Angelique Kerber is a bit of a nemesis. Beat her in the final back in... Was it 2007? 2018. I think it was 2018. Yeah, 2018 that she lost the final to, to Kerber. And Kerber obviously has beaten her in Australian Open final as well. And Kerber is is just after winning in uh, Bad Humburg. And beat Kvitov in a classic semi-final and then won easy in, against Sunyakova in the final. So she's back in fantastic form, is Kerber. And that's a really nightmare third round match uh, for, for Serena. And then, can you, can you, can you, you know, Bencic obviously plays great stuff on grass uh, and got to the final. Um, where did she get to the final? Uh, she lost to Samsonova. I know that Jabor won not to him and I'm just trying to figure out, uh, trying to remember... Um, Berlin. It was the Berlin final for uh, where Samson Nova beat. It was a bit of a surprise. Samson Nova was out of nowhere, raining down aces and uh, playing some fantastic grass court tennis. Um, so that was uh, she's probably the biggest surprise of the grass court tennis. Not not surprised because kind of you know you always knew that Samson Nova had the talent, but just she always seemed to just has seemed to struggle to put it together in in in, in on, to go on a bit of a run. But uh, but in any case. It's hard to make a case for Bencic and Coco Goff because they're in this quarter as well, but they have to play each other in the third round. And then they'd probably have to play Serena or Kerber. So all these prices, like, you know, Bencic can be got at 10 to 1, Coco Goff at 8 to 9 to 1. Considering that they, Bencic and Coco Goff would probably have to play each other in the third round, and then uh, you'd have to play Serena or Kerber in the fourth round even before you got to the quarterfinals. Just it's very, very hard to recommend those prices. And I have to say, Svitolina is in here as well. If anything, on the other side, on the other side of the draw, you have, like, if Pavlyuchenkova is capable, has been the quarterfinal of, of the grass before, and she's off the back of uh, uh, the French Open final. I think I saw her at sixteen to one, and she's on the other side of that quarter. There might be value in that. Maybe Muchkova's at tens because she has a great game for grass. She can play slice. She hits the ball flat. She likes to take the ball early. She can serve well. She, uh, she can volley. She does have a good grass court game, but at the same time, just seems like she's been struggling to kind of go on any any sort of decent run in uh, in recent months. She's had injury problems and stuff. So, like, uh, on the other half of that quarter, yeah, Muchkova and Svitolina, we can't, even though she got to the semifinals the last time, uh, she did benefit from an easy enough draw. And also, you have to remember that Svitolina did beat Muchkova in the quarterfinals that time. Uh, so it's just hard to know. I don't know if I can I can recommend anything here. I was high on Conja. She's twenty eight to one, but I don't like her in this quarter. Um, so I'm not going to recommend anything there. Um, so on the third quarter we got Petra Samsonova, uh, Sofia Kennan, um, uh, Pliskova, Kudermetova's in there. Vekic, Pegula, twenty uh, twos, Risk twenty fives, and Lee fifties. There's one that I know noted. Um. Really, it's hard for me to. It's it's really kind of hard for me to pick um a winner of this this draw. But I'm I've I've decided to, I've decided that I'm going to go a half point on Sophia Cannon at ten to one, uh with Boyle Sports uh to win this quarter. Um, she plays Jin Yu Wang, who actually 
playing some great grass court tennis very impressive in qualifying it has to be said in the first round that's no easy first round but when you consider some of the first rounds some of the other players have I guess it, it could be worse then maybe Christina McHale or Madison Brangle both uh, Brangle has had some great results on the grass um, before I think she has beaten the likes of Kvitova and maybe Julia Gorgas at one, one year as well um, and of course McHale can play in grass is a good, good grass court player as well but once again I still think Kennan is a step above uh, both those players and should should be able to beat them. Then it could be maybe Galyevich or Kudermatova. Both, uh, both very dangerous players. Um, still think you know in a you know regarding just match play, I think Kennan might still have the edge if she's playing well on either of those players. And then it could be Madison Keys more likely to be Elise Mertens in my opinion. She's more solid than Madison Keys. And Madison Keys has a tricky enough first round against Katie Katie Swan. It has to be said. Who qualified very well too, and then worst case scenario is Petra Kvitova uh, in in the quarterfinals, and you wouldn't really fancy that. However, we've seen Petra. Think about Petra Kvitova is the, is the favorite here, and that's four to one. We've seen Petra Kvitova. Um, we've we've seen her choke choke quite a lot in Grand Slams lately. Obviously, the Australian Open we saw her choke uh, against um, Serana Kostia. She's choked against the likes of Sastanovic and Madison Brengel in recent years in Wimbledon. And she's just not, you know, even though she had a great game against, great match against, um, against, uh, uh, what you call it, um, Kerber in the semi-final, she didn't feel, it didn't feel like she was at her very best. Still putting in a lot of double faults and under pressure. And, and um, you know, it's either, it's kind of either a winner or just a wild, uh, just a wild unforced error with her. And it just... I don't know if you can rely on her to get to the get to the quarterfinals, which means it would be could be someone else there. And I just think Kenan, Kenan, I like her game on grass. Okay, she in in, in two thousand nineteen she won the Mallorca and she beat the likes of Bensic, Sevastova, Mertens in that run. You know she she likes to take the ball early. She hits the ball flat, um, and you know she she moves well. And I I, I just think at ten to one for me. Sometimes I think Kennan gets a, she gets disrespected a little bit um, by by the bookies and uh, as a grandstand champion. And I just think that Kennan uh, is um, is is to me a ten a ten to one is the price that I like the best. I think that if she goes on a run, if she gets sinks her teeth into the tournament, I just fancy her in most of those matchups. And uh, if she played Petron in the final in the quarterfinal, I'd even give her a chance there. Although I definitely would worry about her serve, particularly her second serve against Petra. But but uh, yeah, so Cannon a half point a ten to one to win quarter three. And I'm gonna not gonna talk too long about quarter four because Sabalenka uh, is the favourite at three to one. Can you trust Sabalenka? She recently just lost in Bad Humbug. Or no, Eastbourne, I think it was, uh, to uh, Camilla Georgie. Um, she had a loss. It probably doesn't look so bad now that Pavlyuchenko got to the got to the uh, quarter final or got to the final at the French Open. She lost three sets at the French Open. She just keeps on flattering to deceive and not producing her best in the slams. So it's very hard to uh, to to uh, back her now. I did. I was curious about her. There's an eight to eleven price on her to reach the fourth uh, fourth round, where her likely um, matchups are Nikuleska, Katie Boulter, and Alexandrova. And I was tempted by it, but I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to go there because she could lose to Alexandrova. She could, you know, like you just never know with Sabalenka. And uh, the, then, of course, 
There's Sakari's in here, uh, here uh, is in here, uh, but they would have to play each other in the third round, and they're both about eight, you know, seven and eight to one, and because they have to play each other in the third round, and then Muguruza's is in there at nine to two. Uh, the thing about Muguruza is just we don't know what sort of form she is. You never know which Muguruza is going to turn up, and it's just very hard to back her, especially at skinny odds of nine to two, um, when uh, she's in such bad form. And then of course Sviantek. Uh, disappointing loss to her by her against the carry at the French Open um, uh, in the quarterfinals when we all kind of expected her to go on and win it when, once she got to that stage of the tournament but um, it's just one of those ones where look she almost got beaten by Heather Watson and uh, and then you know she she lost poorly against I can't remember now who she lost but, but in the next round she lost poorly um, to uh, Look, I don't, I don't actually remember, but um, but she is. There's still question marks over over her in the grass. And she's got a very tough, tough first round as well against, uh, Shay. That's all I'm gonna. That's how I pronounce. We all know who we're talking about. Uh, H S I E I E H. The quarterfinals at the Australian Open. Uh, so look, I'm not gonna tip up any bets there in that quarter, but um, it's interesting to see who comes through. Uh, Sabalenka at eight eleven to reach the fourth round did appeal to me. I might go for it. yeah, that's with Petri six five, but we'll have to leave it at that. Going to move straight on to the match bets now, guys. I'm getting tired. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm getting tired, but we're just gonna try and uh, bull through and uh, keep them going for you. My first match bet, and I did tip this up. I put it up because I thought the price would change. He was at evens. I got him at evens, but was uh. Steve Johnson to beat um, Dennis Novach uh, in the first round. Now, it was evens, but I think you can still get it at uh, four to five. But I, I, I stake three points on this at evens. Um, so it's one of those ones where, look, Johnson uh, has had a terrible year up until the French Open. Really, really was struggling for form up until the French Open. And then he had two fantastic wins in the French Open in five sets. Um, against uh, Francis Tiafo, his uh, American uh, co- countryman, and uh, the clay court specialist Tiago Montero, um, and well, I wouldn't know if I don't know if I call him Montero clay court specialist. He sometimes sometimes people lazily label him like that, but he it's what he does play a lot a lot of his tennis on clay. But um, but uh, yeah, so so and both beat them both in, in in five sets, um, and then he lost to uh, he got a bit tired. Uh, Karina Busta in the ter- in the um in the third round there but that's that really does bode well we know Steve Johnson can play really great stuff on tennis and the fact that he's got he won those matches at the French Open will give him a lot of confidence uh, he's got two grass court titles one in Newport in 2018 and one in Nottingham in 2016 um, and look he's, he's always done well at Wimbledon like the third round in, in 2019 and he beat Alex de Menor that you know in, yeah, that was a very very good scalp on the grass uh, the third round is in 2017 fourth round 2016 I remember he beat Dimitrov that year um when Dimitrov was going very well. So, look, this guy can really play well. Now, in fairness, Novak probably also ha- plays his, um, has some good results on, on grass and maybe plays his best tennis on grass. Um, see, I think he's not the most powerful player, but he moves well and, and he absorbs pace well. And I think the, the reason he struggles on clay is because he, he struggles to generate his own pace and, and to hit winners on clay, but, but that's not as much of a problem on grass. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, he has some good results. You know, like I remember he beat uh, Lucas Pui uh, and took a set off Roundish in two thousand eighteen. That was probably his best slam result he's ever had. Um, this year he beat Vasselli, who's a little bit out of form and Madden, but then he lost to Celibilic and Barankis on grass. Look, uh, all you have to go on is just those, just that one good result against Lucas Pui on on on. Uh, 
on grass considering that his, his pedigree on grass is so much less than Steve Johnson's now it is a little bit of a worry that Steve Johnson didn't play any tournaments maybe he wasn't scheduled in for them uh, at the uh, in, in the pre-tournaments in grass but look you wouldn't be getting the price at evens if he won a few matches uh, got to a quarterfinals of one of those warm-up tournaments you'd be seeing Steve Johnson probably at maybe one to two and uh and I just think that I saw enough. He looked in great shape at the French Open. I saw enough of him. He's also the bigger server. Uh, and he's, you know, the big, much bigger server than, than Dennis Nov. Dennis Nov is not a, not a great server. So, uh, and the fact that he has that big serve, big forehand, and he can use his backhand slice well on, on the grass. And he's just a mentally, he's good. You know, his match play was very good in the French Open. He is a good, when, he, when he's in confidence, he's a good match player. To me, that's probably the best match bet of the tournament. So uh, I'm going for three points on uh, Steve Johnson at evens. Now, course guys some of you might have to get they might he might still be available at 1.9 but i, I, I um and so what did i say well i said 2.5 no 1.8 or 1.8 or 1.9 so keep an eye on that you probably will get that on 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 uh betfair but but you know i think it's just to me it's a bit of a no-brainer that bet um so who else are we going for um oh yeah so we have uh let me think now i've got other bets so Oh, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, don't have the too many other bets. Obviously, we went for um, Barrer to beat uh, to beat Van de Slamstrup. Van de Slamstrup had injury issues with um, uh, when he lost. He had, he had to take a few entry timeouts against a uh, bad loss in the third round of qualifying against Trungaliti. Just Barrer is more, has more grass court pedigree and beat some very good players to get to the uh, to the main draw of, of Wimbledon. He beat... Um, Jung, who was in great form, uh, Stakowski, who's a bit of a, a grass court specialist, and Fratangelo, who's also been in good form this year. Uh, he beat Bublik at Wimbledon in 2019 after his qualifying. I think it's, it's the third time in a row that he's, he's came through qualifying at Wimbledon. He, he generally does play very well in the grass. Van der Sch- there's Zan Schlup doesn't have the same pedigree. Barrier start, came out at evens in that one, uh, but I tipped him up, I think, at 1.9, 2.2 points at 1.9 uh, Van der Sandstrup is, is, a, is a good player um, had, had a good win against Hercash in the uh, on the clay and also did well against um, he, I think he puts Davidovich uh, Fakina at, to five sets but I just think the fact first of all he just doesn't have the same experience uh, uh, on the grass as Barrer there is in, there is an injury doubt about him and also the fact that he, he lost to Trungaliti in the third round of qualifying I just think Barrer looks in great form uh, ha- and and just has better grass court pedigree so yes happy to put 2.2 points on Barrer I think he's about two. I think he's about 1.8 maybe 1.77 now um, but you could you could raise your stake to 2.75 or something if, if he is at 8 to 11 uh, so yeah I like that one I also like um, I just think Pear is uh well, I'll get back to the pair one. I'll get back to the pair one, uh, the pair price shortly. I won't go straight into it uh, because um, I want to talk, of course, about our parlay. And our parlay is um, is 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 it four four players in the parlay? Okay, I know we've only we've only lost one parlay as we, uh, this, since these tournaments have started. We've only lost one of our big parlays, but the three it's, it's a three point big parlay, and it's on Bensic to beat Juvan, uh, and Juvan can I think Juvan might have. Might have taken a set off Serena a few years back, um, and and is probably the toughest opponent out of that. But Bensic is just playing too good on on grass, and I just can't see Juvan be good enough to beat Bensic on grass at the moment. Obviously, Bensic got to the final, um, in Berlin and and lost in three sets. But the fact that she got to the final is shows that she's playing playing well on grass, and just I just don't think Juvan has the weapons to beat her, and just it just Bensic simply has more firepower. Uh, and then of course Sakari, 
is in there. Bolsova, uh, sorry, um, Badosa to beat Bolsova. Bolsova pushed Svitolina to three tight sets in, uh, I, I think it was of Eastbourne this, this week. And um, yeah, so three tight sets in, in, in Eastbourne. And um, uh, I'm just basically, she's off the back of a quarterfinal run of the French Open, but I don't see any reason why she can't play on grass. Um, you know, she can serve, she can serve well. She moves well. Um, she can hit winners off both wings. Um, her backhand is a bit weaker, uh, if I'm being honest. Then her forehand, her forehand's a great shot. But Bulsova is just a terrible, terrible form with no grass court pedigree whatsoever. I think she's only ever won one one match on on, gra on grass, one main draw, or one uh, tour level match on grass, and she's in terrible form. Bulsova should win that one. Um, of course, uh, also in this uh, Kerber, I have Kerber against Stojanovic. Um, and Kerber is one to four in the, in this. It, it, she's the shortest price or the uh, the the uh, longest price. I should be saying. Uh, well, she's one to four uh, against uh, Stojanovic. Now Stojanovic did, didn't have a semi final run in. I think it was whatever. Whatever. Where, where? Where did? Was it Nottingham? I know Jabour won Nottingham, but was there another tournament in Nottingham that Conte won? But in any case, it got to the semi-final, took a set off Conta, but Conta came back and went. I just think the form that Kerber's in right now, there's no way Kerber's just going to turn up there and, and, and lose in the semi in, in in the first round, even against a player who's you know who's a difficult first round opponent, but but just not in Kerber's class, especially Kerber's favorite tournament. Um, uh, so Kerber there and uh, Sakari, I just have to f just find this if you don't mind. Sakari has a very winnable first round match as well. Um, yeah, against the Rancho Roos, yeah, Sakari as well is going to be the Rancho Roos. Rancho Roos, look, has been in very, very poor form this year. Sakari's off the back of a semi final. We know she can play in grass as well. Um, she got to the was the fourth round last year, uh, the last last time round. Um, I remember you know when she was a younger younger player, put her pushing uh, Serena Will or Venus Williams all the way as well when Venus was was a good player. So. She can play on any surface to carry. Now, maybe she might be a little bit more error-prone on grass, but she's got the firepower to beat Roost, and just Roost is not in good form. So these are here. Sakari, Bensic, Kerber, and Bedosa. All four evens. Uh, I know it's four players. Now, you shouldn't really be doing ever, but I don't recommend doing this often, but four players that I just think are bankers to win are, are extremely likely to win their matches uh, at evens. Three-point bet on that parlay. So... So yeah, so there you go regarding that. Um, do we have other bets that we like regarding match bets? Uh, certainly there are uh, a few. Um, I, one of the bets that I quite like, I'm just going to put a one point, this is kind of a smaller bet, but I, but I like Ellen Perez to beat um, Clara Burrell just because of the price. It's a value bet price. You know, she can get her at, 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 at two to one on the exchange, bet for exchange. Uh, because look, she got to the final round of the French Open qualifying, lost a tight two set match against Great uh, Greek Minnan, who's in very good form at the moment, and uh, she came through uh, qualifying uh, really well. She bet, uh, I think she bet them all in in, in straight sets. Kong, Grabber, and and Dolden, who was probably one of the big names from the biggest names from the qualifying, and she bet them all very very well. That was a three very good matches. Burrell, on the other hand came through, battled through, you know, she had to go come through in, in three sets against uh, Vickery and Storm Sanders. And I just don't see any reason why she should be such a big favourite against Perez, you know, considering how, how impressive Perez has been in qualifying. Um, Burrell is a great shot maker, she, but she definitely is very, um, her serve is very vulnerable. 
and I think someone like an aggressive player like Perez can take advantage of it and Perez is just very confident I just think that I would probably have Burrell maybe slight favourite maybe an 8 to 11 favourite but there's no way Perez should be that much of a dog there so I have to put one point on Perez to beat um, Clara Burrell um, another bet that I quite like um, is um, uh, at the Australian Open is, is, is a long shot here is uh, Gracheva to beat um Petra Martic. Now this is at eleven to four. That's for three point seven five for for um, uh, you guys uh, who use the decimals. Uh, now Gracheva is kind of a bit of an inconsistent player. As I mentioned, she was one of our big bets. We we know her and we tipped her up um, uh, to beat Arabarena in the in French Open, and she won very easily in straight sets. So. So she is just someone that seems to produce a lot of her best tennis in. Or seems to like to play in the big in big slams. Um, she's been to the third round um of the U.S. Open. Uh, she beat the likes of um Bedosa and uh, Mladenovic in that little run, and then of course she was beaten quite easily in straight sets against Martic that year. That was twenty twenty, but it has to be said that Martic was in so much better form back then. Martic is not in the best of form at all at the moment and uh, this year in general like she, she the only outlier really is her run to the semi-finals at Rome but even in hindsight that was that run even that impressive when you considered that the best player that she bet was probably Podoroska and Podoroska we all saw what happened to her against Bencic Podoroska isn't quite the same player this year as she was last year and then she had a kind of a, had a poor loss against uh, Pliskova in the semi-final even though it was three sets she, she fell away very easily but you just think of it this year she lost in the first round against uh, Danilovic, Olga Danilovic in the first round at the Australian Open. She lost in the first round against Camilla Georgi. Gracheva then beat Camilla Georgi in the second round of the French Open. Uh, and I just think there's there's question marks um, over, uh, like even in, on, the, on the grass this year, like no, uh, Martic has played good stuff on the grass in the past at Wimbledon, but just I just have very question marks over her um over over her her uh, her form at the moment. Even this year, she won one uh, one match this year uh, on grass where she went three sets with Asia Mohammed, um, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And then she got hammered both times by Belinda Bencic. Gracheva, I just saw on her social media, she's just really hyped, really pumped up uh, for the match, just like she was for the French Open. And I know even though Bart Martin did beat her handily at the at the U.S. Open, I think it's worth taking a shot on Gracheva to um. Because I, th- I do remember actually as well, Gracheva had a very poor loss the, the week before she played Gracheva and she had she has also had a pretty poor loss um, uh, this this year. In, I can't remember who she played actually uh, in her only match on grass, but it was a pretty poor loss. But but I don't read too much into it. And I just think at 11 to 4, it's definitely worth taking a shot on Gracheva to beat uh, Martic. I think Martic is very vulnerable right now and she should definitely be on upset, upset alert. So I'm just going to take one point on Gracheva, who is a bit of a shot maker, and that shot makers generally do get rewarded on the grass. And I think uh, with Martic, you know, sometimes a player like Gracheva, she would need to get hit off the court, and you know, the, the, her her defensive skills would need to be exposed. And I don't think Martic is that type of player that is just going to completely expose and put you under the pressure on 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 the grass. So, look at at eleven to four, I'm happy to take one point in that. Um. I'm also going to put a point on... I'm not going to put a point on the match bet. I'm just going to put a point on Zhang to win the first set at evens versus Huang, the French guy, okay? Now, Zhang is Z-H-A-N-G. Just, I hope I pronounced that right. Probably didn't. But I just think that... Um, 
the Giant qualified very, very uh, impressively um, at, at Wimbledon this year. Um, so he, um, first of all, he he beat uh, Vinolas uh, 6-1 in the first set and won in straight sets, but he won the first set 6-1. He won uh, both sets against Tabilo, won 7-6. He's winning a lot of tie breaks. He's won three out of his four tie breaks in this tournament. So he's obviously performing well under pressure. And then he beat Serendolo 6-0 um, in the first round, in the first uh uh, a set of that match so he's obviously starting very very fast in his matches now whether or not I'm not actually totally sure if he's going to go ahead and win against Huang Huang you could argue Huang had a harder route he had to beat Kwiatkowski Kopil and Mulkan but he did lose the first set against Kwiatkowski and he was, he was I think he lost 6-love or 6-1 against in the first set against Mulkan and uh, look, I, I, I just think that, that Zhang, I saw a bit of him play. I, he does seem to have a game that's very suited for grass. Um, he changes directions very well, hits the ball very flat as usually. And so, uh, as, as, and uh, just seems a, a good ball striker. And I just, I just like him to win the first, first set there. And I'm just going to put a point on it. Okay. All right. So um, then another bet that we have, of course, is, um, yeah, it's... Um, I, I was very surprised by this price. This is another one that I'm going to put um, a half point on. Martinez has only won, uh, only won one match on grass uh, uh, in his entire career. That was in 2019. But Martinez is a very, very, very different player now um, than in 2019. You know, like um, he beat Corda at the French Open this year with a great win and was very competitive against Tsitsipas in the, in the second round. He beat Rusevori and Nishioka at his trading open, which are quite fast conditions. So he can prove that he lost to an informed Lajovic at the time in, in, in four sets. So like he's a player that's improving and improving all the time. And I just look at a, a Travaglia here. Um, Travaglia basically has been in very, very bad form. I just I don't really get this. I, I'm just really confused. Um, like he's 10 to 3 to beat Travaglia. Travaglia basically has like very few um wins he's just, he basically he's got one win on grass this year like he first of all he's been very 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 poor form um you know he had a very poor loss to who who beat him again if i could just find find the scores here and i will find him he had a very poor loss to um Deminar at the at the french open okay because Deminar is isn't really lost in straight sets very easily uh, and Deminar isn't isn't by any means a a a, a clay court player now he did push Berrettini to two tight sets, but he didn't. You know he lost him in tie breaks. I think at London, and maybe that's what caught people's eye. He beat Pella there. He's not really a not well. He well, can't say he's not a grass court player because he has reached the quarterfinal of, of Wimbledon before, but but he hasn't been in great form this year. And then he lost uh, to Batista Agut, or to P Batista Agut in, in straight sets. So like, he, and apart from that, if you just look at his his results, uh, that's he's had one win in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches. Okay, most of them being on clay now, and he has played decent stuff on grass in the past. But, but look, um, I mean, I don't know why he's warranted such a uh, such a um, uh, such such a, a massive favoritism against Martinez. I think it's worth taking a punt now. Martinez, I I've seen on social media that he's been practicing on the grass. He's been. Uh, uh, John Isner, he's been, you know, he said, I'm, I'm practicing with John Isner to get used to playing against big service and grass. And that's just the attitude I want to see. And I just think at one point at, at 10 to 3, absolutely, I'm just going to take a chance on that because I just think he's overall the better player. And it's in the, you're only, the only thing again, going against him is that he hasn't played much on grass. But I think sometimes that can be overstated, you know, the fact that, you know, these people, some, certainly someone like Martinez who can move really well, he can move really well. 
I don't see with a couple of weeks training, I don't see any reason why he can't adjust and become, uh, you know, and, and, and certainly put it up to, to Travaglia and, because uh, I think he, overall he probably would be the more accomplished player from the back of the court. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I just think that price is so big that I have to, I have to go for uh, 10 to 3, one point in that. Um, now, of course, we have uh, uh, who is, um, oh yeah, Schwartzman against uh, uh, Benoit Pair. Now, some of you might laugh at me. Some of you might think this is kind of a, a crazy move. But I just think the price on Benoit Pair is, is sort of, is a bit mad. It really is a bit mad. Like, if you think about it, Benoit Pair has, um, has a great record at Wimbledon. Now, he's been in terrible form. Let's be honest. He's been in terrible form and he had a bad, you know, uh, and of course, Schwartzman did reach the quarterfinals and, uh, and had a very competitive match against Berrettini in the quarterfinals before losing in, in five sets. Um, but the price is basically is five to one on, um, on uh, Schwartzman to. Uh, five to one basically on Schwartzman to. Uh, on Pair to win the match and 11 to four on, on to win the first set. Now, Pair has been in terrible form this year. Now, there's no denying that. But. You know, in front of the fans in the in Roland Garros, he pushed a, a very informed uh, Casper Ruud the four sets, and he won the first set in, in that match. And uh, he served like he's got a great record at Wimbledon. Uh, so it just it just goes to show that when when the fans are there, he is capable of turning it on. He is capable of turning up and playing his best tennis or close to his best tennis. You know, obviously, um, like in two thousand nineteen, the last time we played at Wimbledon, he got to the third round. He beat Londero Kismanovic, who who was on off the back of. Uh, uh, a final in Turkey in th- that year, and uh, then Vesely, who had beaten who had beaten uh, Alexander Zverev that year, Vesely was in bang on form, and Pair beat them, and then lost to Batista Good in the fourth round, and then of course the year before he got to the third round where he beat Shapovalov, and before he lost to Del Patro. So he has, uh, and uh, I think in other years, um, he's beaten the likes of uh, he's got to the fourth round in two thousand seventeen. He beat the likes of uh, Janovic, Jerzy uh, Janovic, who was. Playing well enough on the grass at the time, Herber, who's a good grass court player, and Austin Murray. So this guy is a very good, very good grass court player when he wants to be, you know. And and just there's a lot of uh, I think there's a bit of an overreaction here. First of all, Pear can serve really well. First of all, he's got the serve advantage over Schwartzman, um, and he, um, you know, Schwartzman hasn't played. You know, I know Schwartzman is looking for uh, in social media. He seems to be confident and he seems to be looking forward to playing on the grass, whatever. But. This should be a this should be a competitive match. I, I don't think that it's going to be a case of pair not showing up and 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 uh, and I, I I think it could be very similar to what happened with Casper Ruud. And the only thing is that I think pair pair has a really uh, really uh, definitely has a fighting chance against uh, 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 Schwartzman. And all the matches they've played on uh, on what you call it on uh, excuse me sorry they've played all their matches on clay. And the head-to-head is uh, Schwartzman leads the head-to-head, but every match has went the distance. And Schwartzman leads the head-to-head two-one, and that's in Schwartzman's best. He won all the matches in three sets, and uh, Pear won one of them, and Schwartzman won two of them. And so it's obviously been a very close matchup overall on on Schwartzman's favorite surface. But with uh, with on on grass, you got to give Pear much more of an edge there. So like, and, and these are recent matches where Schwartzman is the same player that that that, that he was. You know, like um. He did. He won the one in two thousand fifteen, but in in eighteen two thousand eighteen, pair won, and two thousand nineteen, Schwarzman won. So look, it's a it's too big a price. It's just too big a price to turn down. I'm gonna have to put uh, a half uh, a half point on on pair to win the match at five to one, and a half point, and I think you can get him a three to one on him to win the first set. 
so there for on on uh, pair. So look, uh, it is pair. Um, you'd never be backing him as a favorite because you know he can be a bit of a head case. But when you know against when he's the underdog against a big favorite in a Grand Slam in front of fans. This guy can turn it on. He can still turn it on. We saw it in the French Open, as I said. I'm not going to repeat myself anymore about that. I'm looking at Michael, Malcolm McDonald against uh, Karen Kachanov. And I have to say that if Kachanov keeps shortening, I, I kind of quite fancy Kachanov because I know a lot of people are, are back in McDonald. That's when America seems to be going. McDonald went the distance in all his, his matches in the qualifying against Kopajans, who's a clay quarter. Um, against Marchenko as well, you know, and uh, Cressy, he came back from two sets down to win that one. Um, but Kachanov basically does tend to bring his best stuff to the Grand Slams, you know, and it usually takes a very good player to beat him. You know, I think it, it was in 2019, it took, uh, I think he was at the third or fourth round and he bet Lopez on the way and, and uh, he lost to, um, well, he lost to Roberto Batista Gut, who was in the grass court tennis form of his life. He lost to Djokovic in 2018, Nadal in 2017. Uh, he's beaten the likes of Baghdadis, Ferrer, Tiafo, uh, very good players on grass. And, you know, he, he does generally, very rarely lose in the first round of slam. He generally does generally does take a decent player to beat him at a slam. Now, McDonald, I was hoping back that McDonald in some way, shape or form, but when I saw that he was this much of a... Uh, and underdog, uh, that, that it was so close to picking between the two, I'm really beginning to lean towards catching off here. Um, it, it definitely does seem like a match that is likely to go uh, uh, to cover the overs. So whether, it just depends what it is, if it's 40 games. Now, maybe it won't because uh, the thing is, catching off will have a bit more of an, an, a serving edge than McDonald, even though McDonald does serve a lot better for a smaller guy than you would think. But I'm tempted. I'm not going to go there yet, but I am definitely tempted by catching off. If the market keeps piling in on a McDonald, I might end up having to back um, uh, catching off on that one. Um, so let me see. Who else am I forgetting here? Is there other bets here that I am forgetting about? I have to say, I, I am surprised that Sloan Stevens is 4-1 to one to, um, to beat uh, Patrick Vitova. As I said to you before already, Petra Kvitova um, was... Uh, Petra Kvitova has had some very poor losses um, in, in Grand Slams. She, she has openly admitted to getting nervous and, and choking. You know, when she, when she, last time she lost to Sasnovich or when, she, or when she's lost to Brangle at Wimbledon. Uh, she didn't... She, she well, it was a high-quality match against Kerber um, uh in the semi-final at Bad Humburg, Bad Humburg, but at the same time, it is worth saying that um, she, uh, uh, you know, she still was erratic self at times, and yeah, so that's that's something to to, to uh, take into account. Um, and Stevens has a head, uh, you know, in any match that's finished, she retired in one match, but she has got the head. She at least a head to head two one. Uh, Stevens did have some, you know, did show some good form at the French Open. She beat Karolina Pliskova and Muchkova at the French, and then I suppose she got hammered by Krejcikova. But that doesn't seem such a bad, bad score now, considering Krejcikova went on to win it in the fourth round. But um, and yeah, the last time she was at Wimbledon, she got to the third round. Uh, she lost in three sets to Conta. No shame in that. She can play well on the grass. Uh, she has been to the quarterfinals of uh, of Wimbledon in the past, where she lost to uh, Marion Bartoli, I think. Uh, so she is, she can play on all surfaces really. I, I would say that the grass isn't her best surface, but uh, she does like to play against power hitters like a bit of a when you consider that she's two one in the head to head, 
and um and also like you know ala madison keys as well she's always done well against big hitters like madison keys you know think for head to head head to head there and at four to one it just seems very big it just seems very big considering that sure i would say if petra comes in and, and brings her absolute a game yes you'd expect petra to win but but stevens i think she'll enjoy actually being the underdog in this match that probably will end up having a a show court on uh to some extent and uh, the nerves can hit petra petra can and i, I just think four to one is too big and i think it's worth taking a shot on stevens i'm not going to go on outright i don't fancy stevens to win this tournament by any you know even though she's over 200 to one i think by any stretch of imagination but for a shock i think it's too big a price so i'm going to go half point on stevens in that match um, we're running out of bets and I know the thing is going on I quite like there's a little bet that I quite like a, a curious one with Skybet where it's Lin Zhu to win the first set uh, either 6-love 6-1 6-2 against Bartel I'm not even going to put a half point or anything but it's just something to flag up um, against Bartel uh, Bartel can be very very erratic at the best of times and Lin Zhu actually does have a good game, game, game for grass and um and she often sometimes can can get off to a flying start. I think a lot of the times with Lin Zhu, her biggest problem is that she, she really struggles to serve out matches, you know, she to close matches out. But she can get off to a flying start. And that price is at about uh, 11 to 2. And we see 6-1s, six, 6-2s six all the time, especially some people have a slow start. Bartel is erratic. I just think it's worth taking a pop at that price as well. Um let me see are we nearly done i'm just trying to go look through some of these uh, rest of the bets um think we are nearly done and i'm happy to say that now it's looking looking like it's gonna be an hour and a half or whatever but um yep uh hold on oh yeah i did mention uh, joanna counter to beat um uh, this was one that I flagged up on the on the the twitter i, I was eight to eleven i think the price is it might well Considering that Sydney Copa went on to the final in Bad Humber, she got quite easily beaten, quite well beaten today by Kerber. Um, but I just think Conte, you know, she has that, she's back on form on the grass. You know, her, you know, she's looking very, seems very confident in social media. She did beat um, Siniakova very in straight sets the last time they played in Wimbledon. And I, I just think that bigger server um, and the fact that she just has better, more of a grass court pedigree. And I think it shouldn't have been picking. It shouldn't have been good, considering that, first of all, Conte's back in form. I know Sinekova has been in good form. She did very well at the French Open. But Conte is back in form. She, um, and, 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 and on the grass, you know, where she traditionally has done very well at Wimbledon. And she has beaten Sinekova at Wimbledon the last time they played at Wimbledon in straight sets. And I just think she shouldn't have been, I think the price should be more like, maybe 8 to 15, 1 to 2. That's how I, I felt about it, um, all things considered. So, yeah, we did put on 2.75 points points on on um, uh, on herself there. Kukushkin looks, uh, it seems like um, a pretty big uh, price against uh, Bublik, who over five sets can be a bit flaky at the best of times. And we know Kukushkin has had very good results at Wimbledon in the past. So that's one I'm considering. I'm not tipping it up yet, just yet. Uh, other bets that are let me see uh, I quite like I think Alcaraz can have a good game for grass and I'm tempted by him I haven't done anything yet uh, the Ate Rinder Connect match very hard to know for me uh, I think Ate might be a bit undervalued there but I still think Rinder, I, I do rate Rinder Connect as well if that's how you pronounce it um, 
O'Connell, I actually backed O'Connell. I'm beginning to regret it now. Um, like because the Montfield's lost to Purcell at the at this week with in, in three sets. It doesn't look such a bad result now, considering Purcell got to the final. Um, who else is there? Yeah, I I think I like I think her Musetti. I'm not quite convinced by that it was game for grass. I think her cash at 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 four to six is not a bad price. They're having back to Jeff. I'm hoping hopefully the market moves a little bit on that. Um. Let me see. Radu Albot is tempting against Duckworth. Um, have we got any other ones? I I am I quite I do quite like Valnets against Begu. Valnets qualified very very impressively. I, I think about everybody in straight sets was particularly impressive win against Hadad Maya in the third round of, of women qualifying. And look, Begu uh, can be. Just hasn't hasn't been great this year. Look, she you know she, she wasn't good enough to take out um uh Serena at Wimbledon when Serena was at the French when she was a bit vulnerable. But I suppose no, you have to give Serena credit. Serena did play well enough. But yeah, I'm just tempted by Volnia, so I'll think about that one for a little while. Um, is there anybody else here? Not really. No. Um, I think they're all my bets. I think they're all my bets. I did quite like Vejnina minus two and a half games on grass against Trevisan. Uh, haven't put it on just yet. Muchkova's in for a tough. She should be an upset against like Xiao Zhang. Xiao Zhang has played some good. We got to the final and lost to Conta there a few weeks ago on the grass. Um, uh, let me see who else is there. I think Rad Raducanu uh, at two to one seems 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 a bit big against um, Diachenko, who did qualify well and we all know can play well on grass. Didn't she beat uh, Sharpova there a few years back? Uh, but uh, that's one I would consider. Diaz also seems a big price against Sevastova, but Sevastova, of course, is in good form at the moment. Um, Madison Keys, I think uh, Katie Swan can definitely get that match to the overs. Oh yes, I quite I do quite like uh, Say to beat Swiatek. Swiatek Say, as we know, you know, the last time she bet Ostapenko and she bet Halep in 2018. She got to the quarterfinal, beat the likes of Ant. Uh, that's the last time at Wimbledon. Or was it 2000? Yeah, 2019, I think it was. And then. Of course, in two thousand and eighteen, um, or sorry, in the in the Australian Open, she got to the quarterfinal, be beating the likes of Vandrasova and um, Vandrasova and uh, Andrescu there. So like she knows she she can play big. It's just not a very nice matchup at all for Swiatek, and she's a big big price at at, at four or five to one. A lot of pressure on Swiatek. Um, so yeah, look, it's just uh, that's one I think I will be putting a half point on. Uh, say to beat Sviantek at such a big underdog price because we know how tricky she is uh, with all her slicing and dicing and keeping the ball low and I don't think uh, Sviantek really appreciates having to you know get have, having low balls keep returning to her feet um, so yeah so look that they're my bets for the tournament um, we uh, hopefully now that what I do plan to do is the next time we have a, a podcast is a uh, Maybe just have a more of an opinion piece podcast where just one might take questions from um, from subscribers uh, to our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is Among's Game Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, if you've got any tips you want to talk about, absolutely um, delighted to hear them. Or if you disagree with any of our tips, yeah, I'm delighted to hear your feedback about that. Um, Twitter, obviously, a mug podcast. Uh, make sure you retweet and uh, you can join the conversation with us, of course, there. And uh, yeah, look, that's how it is at the moment. Um, uh, share with your whatsapp groups and yeah and the next time we'll have the ga podcast at some stage hopefully ronnie will be back to talk about the football at some stage too and um yeah best of luck with all your wages at wimbledon really looking forward to this tournament and uh and 
best of luck everybody and we'll leave it at that because we're done <laughs>